Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to episode 118 of the Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner. The Red and White Authority is presented by Labatt Blue. It is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings. Whether it's winter, spring, summer, or fall, it's always a good time to cap off your long, hard-working day with an ice-cold Labatt Blue. But we ask that you drink our premium beer responsibly. In episode 118, well, history is going to be made. Uh, we pay a visit to the Larkins. That's right, Colin, Adam, Dylan, and Ryan. We did this last year at Larkin Hockey School where we talked to each gentleman separately and strung all four interviews together in one podcast. This time, we talked to all four Larkins together. And I have to thank Andrew Carl Kristoff, our technical engineer, for putting this together. So we begin with the Larkins. Great group of guys, good community guys. I hope you enjoy this podcast. It's a special 4th of July holiday edition of the Red and White Authority. So let's get right into it as we welcome in Colin, Adam, Dylan, and Lark the Shark, better known as Ryan Larkin. First of all, Dylan is closest, so I'm going to interview or introduce him first. And now I always think that that uh, uh, Colin and Dylan sort of look alike, but I look at Adam and Ryan and I can't tell them apart, but I'm going to say Adam. Right. Adam, yep. Ryan, yep. and Colin. So uh, Larkin boys are here. Fellas, thanks for doing this. I know it's been busy. And so uh, let's get right to it. Now we're going to have four different voices. So... This might strain the audience a little bit, but I'll try to use your name. Sometimes I won't. When I ask a question, unless I direct you specifically, which I probably should have told you all this before we actually started the podcast, uh, just feel free to answer. We're at Larkin Hockey School, and one thing that I noticed, there's all kinds of drills going on on the ice today, and I'm watching a group of kids, and they're celebrating their goal-scoring celebration on the ice. Is that part of it, or did they just have some free time? Because, I mean, they're all pumping their fists and skating low, probably trying to emulate you guys, of course, except for Lark the Shark, who's a goalie. But, uh, you know, what's this camp been like? It's four years. It just seems that there seems to be a comfort level with the kids, at least. How are you guys hanging in there? Well, go ahead, Adam. Well, I'd say, yeah, we're definitely trying to encourage uh, this year, like, let's have lots of fun. And, uh you know, we love to see the celebrations. It was something in the first couple of days that we, uh, yeah, we, we actually had part of the camp where we were asking everybody to show us their unique celebration. So uh, we haven't actually gotten to that part with this group of kids yet, but hey, as long as they're having fun, we're definitely having fun with it. And like you said, uh, this being our fourth year, uh, it's, you know, feeling a little bit more natural at this point now. So uh, maybe it, it's a little bit easier for us to relax and just have fun with it. Ryan, you look like you're a little bit bigger than you were last year. Is, 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 that, is that correct? I mean, you look like you've really started to fill out a little bit. Yeah, uh, we've we've had pretty intense spring workouts this year. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I got that a lot coming home. Uh, a lot of people saying that they, they thought I'd grown. So uh, I guess so. I mean, I haven't really been keeping track, but I guess so. What kind of – what uh, is it weight training? Is it nutrition? Is it diet? Because – you know, you, you filled out, not that, not that the other three have not, I'm just saying that it's pretty noticeable with you. Yeah, I mean, I think it's all of the above. Um, I'd like to, I mean, always working on nutrition and stuff, but uh, this spring was a lot of uh, lifting and a lot of strength can, strength stuff. Uh, 
and not as much conditioning, so there's a lot of that kind of stuff that uh, helped me out. You know, at one time I can remember, and this was way before you, Lance Parrish used to have to hide, the, he made his own weight room at Tiger Stadium because he wanted to lift weights. And at that time, they didn't want athletes to lift weights because it slowed you down. Are, are you, Colin, do you do weight training? Is that is that part of it now, or do you? Yeah, I mean, as much as it might look like I don't, I, I, I do weight train. Uh, I definitely have a harder time putting the weight on or in the muscle. I'm a skinnier, leaner guy. But, yeah, I think weight training is, is huge for for uh, athletes now and, and, and maximizing performance and, and getting as strong as, and fast as you can uh, because with the day and age and the game the way it is today, you have to you have to be strong and, and be fast too and that comes from your leg muscles and and uh, really doing as much weight training as you can in the off season. You know, I, I would imagine that if you're weight training, there's specific things that you can do for quickness, right? I mean, not everything you do. People think weight training, they think you're all gonna be like bodybuilders or something. Uh, Dylan, do the wings do a lot of weight training or? Yeah, we do. I mean, uh, they send most of their guys in the summer to uh, Barwis Methods in Plymouth where I work out. and. Uh, you know, there the, the workouts are pretty intense, but uh, I think it's needed to get your body ready for, for a long grind of a season. And uh, a lot of it nowadays, especially, is also um, mobility and, and hip, hip movements and uh, just prepping your body for, for any kind of movements, the weird awkward falls we take or, or awkward positions our feet are in. So uh, there's so many things that, that guys are doing, but, but uh, when you get down to it, uh, you have to have your body ready, you have to put muscle on. And, and build it back up from what you, you've broken down during the season and a long season that is. Well, you guys are all hockey players, and you so obviously, and the school is basically on the ice. I mean, you would never consider, I mean, and they're all ages too. You're not going to put like, I guess, a six year old and give him yeah. a dumbbell or something right. like that. But so, but there's no weight training or anything involved. I mean, do you, do you look at this because it keeps growing every year? I, uh, that of expanding it is it, is it more or are you? All four of you just playing, and we're pretty good where we're at right now. We've got our drills down. This is what we want to keep it at. Yeah, you know what? I think for us, they're just young kids. They want to be, be having fun with the puck, and, and that's what we try and focus is puck touches and getting them moving and, and not waiting in line. Or uh, Off ice is, is pretty intense. Uh, we, we find uh, with our limited resources here or any, any normal arena where they don't have the facilities that – you know, we would have for, for us with the weight room and full track, but uh, you know, we're able to use the, the red rink that doesn't have ice in it. And um, you know, we try and get them to do push-ups and sit-ups and uh, running. And, and I think they're a little too young to, to be hitting weights, but uh, it's, uh, we try and get them moving and, and just do uh, you know, easy things that, that uh, will keep them moving for an hour and 20 minutes or an hour and a half. I think another thing about it too is it's a little bit of like an education process for them to see that, um, you know, while we are all hockey players, you know, a big part of being a hockey player is, is making sure that, you know, you do things away from the rink too. So, uh, yeah, while it might be simple movements, it, it is just kind of sending that message that it's important to, you know, work on your body and your game away from the rink. Would you uh, would you like to have a clip some classroom sessions to take you back to your Yale days at all? Or? <laughs> uh, I guess it would be a little bit uh, different if I was on the instructing side of it for sure. But um, I don't know. Like like we said, I think the priority for us is that these kids are having fun. I don't know how much you know fun these kids are going to have if we're going to you know in the summer make them sit in like a school setting you know where they have to watch film or anything like that. But uh, 
like I said, I think we do a pretty good job of educating through movement and, and staying active. Now, you're going to have a, uh, uh, another hockey school, right, for defensemen? Or? Yeah, yep. The Adam Larkin Defense Camp is going to start uh, in a couple weeks here, and just kind of something where I thought uh, there's been a lot of things that I've learned over the last couple years that I thought, you know, I wish I would have learned these things earlier, and, um, you know, in talking with Brad Martin, the president of the hockey operations at Lakeland, he said that there's definitely a need for it in the state of Michigan for youth hockey players and a need and a want. So he said, uh, you know, I would have the opportunity to work with defensemen and kind of show them some of the things that I've learned along the way. And hopefully it'll help them improve their game. And, and for those that want to keep moving on, uh, it'll be tools to help them do that. Well, you know, the next question goes to you there, Lark Sharp, Ryan. I mean, are you going to have a goalie camp or...? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, right now it's a lot about uh, I have to go back to school at certain points throughout the summer, and it's a lot of that tr kind of training uh, that I have to go back for, so the timing of it doesn't doesn't really work out, but maybe at some point in the future I'll look more into it and see what I can come up with. Now, four years in, uh, Colin, how has it changed? Are the kids asking the same questions, or as you guys establish yourselves, are are they different? Are they are they more comfortable with you? How is it? How has I guess it, it changed for you as far as you know the the kids? I was joking with Dylan earlier today that you know they seem kind of mouthy at times, but you know maybe we all were when we were kids. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that. I, I don't know if the questions have changed, but I think how we've uh, we've adapted and we've done things. You know, kind of trial and error in the last four years, and we know what works, maybe what doesn't work as well. And so we we've learned how to handle the the questions. I, I think the questions are the same, but also a credit to the camp and and, and us. Uh, you know, we have a lot of kids that have been, that have been here multiple years, and I think there's 30 or 40 kids that have been here for all four years. So we do. It does give us a chance to you know meet those kids and, and kind of see them every year and see their development and, and kind of see them grow. Uh, throughout the years and throughout the Larkin Hockey School. What 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 question do you get asked the most? Do you, if you had to say, yeah, I, you know, I I know every day when uh, I hit the ice, this is what they're going to ask me. Well, I, I get it here, I get it everywhere. Are you Dylan? Are you Dylan Larkin? And I say no, I'm Colin. Or I'm his brother. That's that's a big question I get. So I enjoy it. I, I think there's you know a lot of different questions we get from the kids, and it kind of gives us uh, you know the insight on what's going on with the younger generation these days and, and what they're asking and what their interests are. I think la uh, lately, the last couple of years, it's been uh, the Fortnite trend. So we get to see all their dances and uh, the cool stuff going on that maybe we don't see in, in our generation. Really? I know my generation doesn't see that. <laughs> uh, Dylan, what exactly, what, what question do you get asked the most? Uh, it changes. I don't know. I think one kid somehow pops next to me and asks me a question and the other one hears it. and then. It's like, uh, you know, they just start firing them off. And it's, it's pretty funny, just especially with the young ones. I think this week I've had a lot of people ask me how many goals I scored last year. And then uh, a couple kids have been asking me if I'm really Dylan Larkin because I don't look like uh, how I do on their hockey card because of my beard now. <laughs> so uh, just funny things like that. Uh, the, the kids uh, really, for us, we joke about it. When they when they open their mouths, really anything could come out, and I don't think they would bat an eye at it. So it's just like we're on our toes at all times for anything. Really, you know, Adam, I would imagine you get asked, do you think I'm smart enough to get into Yale, right? <laughs> is, is that what they ask you? I don't know how much kids are thinking about that when they're five, yeah. six, seven years old, but uh, no, the kids are funny, and, and year after year it is funny. I think we've been asked to uh, 
multiple five-year-old birthday parties. So yeah. uh, <laughs> that's kind of what we hear. It's I think those are the funniest ones, the ones that are kind of random. Uh, you can tell their mind's not on hockey. It's obviously somewhere else, but they're still out on the ice trying their best at doing what we're asking them. Being a goalie, I mean, is that right? I mean, do you get asked, like, why goalie? Or am I good enough to be a goalie? I mean, I, I would imagine your questions must be a little bit different than the other three. Yeah, I mean, from a lot of the players, I get the question of why'd you be a goalie or what age should you become a goalie? How are you related to Dylan? That kind of stuff. But um, I also get a lot of stories about players that played goalie once and let in 14 goals and decided not to play again. So I get a lot of stories of uh, players playing goalie. So do you do you pump them up? Do you say, hey, you know, I, I, I've let in 14 goals a game or? Yeah, I mean, I basically tell them uh, it might not be for everyone or they say they don't like it and uh, tell them they're a better player, I guess. When you when you look at the the, the whole scope of this, uh, you know, my, my big joke is, it, I guess I'm my own best form of entertainment, but because of all the lake roads, I think I might have even asked all of you, I know I've asked Dylan, is that, when will the Hark hockey of Arkin Hockey School Lake Road be named? Because it seems that eventually it's working that way, but there is a serious side to this question. The four, and I, I harp on this a lot because you don't have to do this. I mean, you really don't. I mean, you, you know, you're four young guys in the prime of your life, you're hockey players, you know, wine, women, and song is the old expression. I mean, you could be doing a lot of different things besides honing in on your craft. Why why the Larkin Hockey School? Why come back to Lakeland Ice Arena year after year after year and still be an integral part of this community? Adam, let's start with you. Well, there's a lot to that. I think there's a lot a lot of different ways. Why Lakeland? Just because this rink's given us so much. It gave us an opportunity to start playing when we were young, close to home, so it was convenient. And um, it's still somewhere we skate in the summer, so that's why you know Lakeland's been great to us, and we feel that you know we owe it to them to be great back to them. And then as far as... Um, you know, I guess why do the camp itself? It just, I mean, honestly, it's rewarding for us. Like I, you know, there's honestly no better job than being a professional hockey player, but then to be able to be at the rink in some other capacity is, is still a blessing. And, and the fact that there is a demand for it and people are excited to sign up and attend the hockey school, it, it's a, it's really a blessing for, for us to, you know, have some work throughout the summer. You know, I, 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 as this camp expands and it gets notoriety, but are these mostly kids from this general area? I mean, you probably have kids, I'm sure, I'm sure kids from all over the country would like to come here, but I, I, I'm just kind of curious. Is that one of it when they, when they, when they step on the ice with one of you four guys, it's like, God, these guys, you know, grew up right down the street from me or is from my same neighborhood. Do you get that kind of response count? Well, we've, we've started to notice a trend where I, I think the first couple of years we did, it was a lot of Lakeland kids and kids from, you know, the Lakes area. Uh, but this year and, and last year, we've noticed a lot more kids coming from the east side, Macomb area, uh, Plymouth, Canton area, uh, and a lot of kids coming from Royal Oak and, and Birmingham area, which is, which is great. So they're coming from all over Metro Detroit. And then I'm not sure how many states are represented this year, but I, last year we had 10 states represented uh, so kids are coming from all over the country to come to our camp, which is pretty amazing and, and you know, we, it kind of gives us a little pep and we, don't, we have these kids coming from all over the place and we don't want to let them down. We want them to enjoy their experience and enjoy their hockey school so they keep coming back. When you have kids coming from all over the country, Ryan, does that 
does it put more pressure on you? Is there, is there be, I mean, then you're figuring out oh, these are guys just from here, you know, yeah, I can, not that you screw around, but I mean, you're looking at this, my gosh, you know, they're hanging on every word that I say. I mean, they're really, they're here because of us. I mean, it, it is, do you look at it now and say, wow, this kid came all the way from Hawaii and wants to be a goalie. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool that uh, people are coming from all over the country, but I mean, we treat them just like any player uh, from Michigan in the camp. And um, I mean, it's cool just to be able to pass on what we've learned through uh, this level of hockey that we play. Uh, all the drills we've learned all the way up, it's, it's awesome to be able to pass on. And um, even if that expands across uh, multiple states, I think that's pretty cool. Dylan, you know, being a Red Wing, I, I would imagine the kids are almost obsessed with that because everybody who grows up here as, and wants to be a professional hockey player, you always want to play for the hometown team. Do you get that more than anything? Is that people, you know, the, the, the kids just start gravitate towards you because you're a Detroit Red Wing as opposed to, let's say, a Boston Bruin or something? I think it definitely helps being being a Red Wing, obviously, in the, the whole uh, community and coming back. And, uh, you know, I think kids from Waterford or, or Lakeland would still know you know about the Larkins, and I, I even think that we we still might do this camp, even even if I didn't play for the Red Wings, and and uh, you know that's how much we enjoy doing it. And but I do think kids, you know, they come and they they obviously wear the Red Wing gear, or you know they're they're fired up about me coming. But you know by t by day two or three, I'm old news, and yeah, I think if you ask any any one of one of the kids, they would. Uh, they would give you different answers on who their favorite counselor is or who their favorite coach is, and uh, I think parents give a lot of, of feedback as well that you know these guys, uh, Adam, Ryan, Kyle, do uh, you know a really good job with the kids and kids, uh, you know they they'll appreciate you know all of us pulling aside or, or doing you know whatever to to help them and and uh, you know I, I think we all we all chip in and, we, and the kids are appreciative of that. Let's turn to your to your your hockey careers. Uh, Colin, I know you were with in the ECHL. That's the Toledo almost won that league uh, uh, this year, affiliated with with the Red Wings. Uh, uh, played for the Wichita Thunder. Uh, Adam, you were uh, with the Reading Royals, and then the Greenville Swamp Rat Rabbits. Mm -hmm. Love the name. I mean, mm -hmm. it doesn't get much better than being a swamp mm -hmm. rabbit. I would have. I'm not exactly sure what a swamp rabbit is. I just don't want to run into one. And uh, uh, the ECHL. And then Ryan, you were at Miami University, and I, I knew your coach Rico Blasi really well. He's not there anymore. Miami has always been a pretty stellar program. Uh, the trials and tribulations that you guys have gone through. Uh, let's start with with uh, uh, with Colin and and also Adam because you're pros now, and I know you've been a pro for a couple of years. But what what was that transition like from uh, uh, from uh, from UMass and then from uh, from Yale into the pro ranks? Yeah, I think for me, uh, going from UMass Boston Division Three into my first year, full year of pro hockey was uh, definitely a jump and it was a lot of, it was adjusting to uh, the everyday experiences and, and being ready to go and being a good pro every day. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter which level of pro hockey you are, it's, it's an everyday job and, and you know, getting, adjusting to the travel and, and the amount of games uh, being more than the college schedule was uh, definitely an adjustment for me and, and something that I had to learn throughout the season. Um, but no, I, I mean, I enjoyed uh, my first year pro hockey and you know, I think uh, we, we're all pretty fortunate to be able to still be playing uh, 
be playing hockey and, and uh, hope, I mean, Ryan uh, being a senior this year, and we'll see what his uh, path is. But I mean, it could be all four of us ending, uh, you know, be, ending up being pro hockey players and growing up together. That that'd be a pretty special thing for the family. No uh, pressure, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say, like, you know, from a hockey standpoint, the game is very different. Uh, the college to, to pro hockey style is different. Uh, but, yeah, like Colin said, a lot of it is lifestyle change and, and realizing that now, you know, this is your job. And, and uh, there is a good amount of money on the line if you are able to move up and ascend the ranks of the minor leagues. And, you know, so you start somewhere and... It's good to start there, but you know you're working every day to try to get better and better, and see uh, you know what you can do and how you can make a career for yourself, and, and hopefully do it for a long time. And I think it is that realization of you know what now you don't have to study anymore, you don't have to go take your exams or sit in class anymore. This is your full time job, so everything you do at the rink and away from the rink should be focused on on you know, bettering yourself at, you know, your career if you want it to be a long-term Like you have to, you have to get serious, you know, not that you're not serious, but you really have to buckle down. Once you yeah. have, you know, once the, the good times are over of college or, yeah. or whatever. Uh, but, re, re, uh, you know, I'm real curious, uh, uh, Ryan, because you, uh, you know, you, you had some trials and tribulations. I remember talking to Dylan during the season about, you, I write a little note about you for for the Hobie Baker and and, and, and you know people can vote and you know it's a kind of a convoluted system about the Hobie Baker. But uh, what was this year like for you to go through? You know, a coach who is an alumnus of Miami University started the whole brotherhood thing, and it just it was not. It just didn't happen for Miami, which was you know for me who's covered him for years was kind of a shock. Yeah, I mean, we play in a tough conference, so it's uh, obviously tough to win every any, any games in that conference, and um, you're battling every single night. But there's a lot of ups and downs this season. Uh, we started the season off hot uh, going into Christmas. Uh, I think we were above 500, and that was a lot of our non-conference games that we had played before Christmas. And then after Christmas, we get into our conference schedule and uh, a little bit more downhill from there. And um, I don't know, it was just uh, up and down throughout the season and then obviously at the end of the season, uh, you mentioned it earlier, Coach uh, Blasi got let go, but uh, he had done so much for us and he was such an awesome coach to me. He was a guy that brought me in and he had done so much for the program and everything that Miami hockey is today and uh, I can't thank him enough for everything he's done. You know, is that the biggest adjustment that you all have to make is people that, you know, have seen you go through the ways, whether, you know, they decide to take another job or they're let go. I mean, it's kind of saying, you know, that just see the reality of a cold, hard business for a game that you grew up loving, you know, having a passion for. You didn't get in hockey because, you know, you wanted to be a zillionaire or something. You got into it because you like to play the game. Uh, is that maybe the most difficult transition you have to make? It's not so much maybe on the ice, but maybe off the ice because things out of your control seem to happen. Yeah, I think so. I think these guys, all, all three right here, even myself, with, uh, I don't think I've heard any more what Adam and Colin and Adam had to go through with guys in the East Coast getting let go and joining teams. And it seems like it's a, a revolving door, but uh, you know what? It's just the way it goes. and. It's it's a business and it's you're supposed to produce in, in pro hockey and, and if you want to stay or move up the ranks you're gonna you're gonna have to produce so 
I think we all we all understand that, and that's just the way it is. You know, I know that, that your parents are uh, are solid people, and that's great. But the support <clears throat> staff, how much do you four rely on each other? I mean, everybody has bad days, you know, regardless of where you're playing or what's going on. That's just how life is. Uh, do you all stay in contact? You're all so busy. Is it? You know, Colin, do you pick up the phone and say, you know, I got to give Ryan a call? Or can you follow each other? Or are you aware of what's going on? I mean, because you seem like there seems to be just such a bond between the four of you that I can't imagine, even though you're all hockey players, going not that long without at least checking in with one another. Yeah, I, we all check in throughout periodically throughout the season and see how we're, we're doing. I, I know myself, uh, as soon as I get on the bus after the game or, or home, I'm, on, I'm online, I'm checking the scores to see how each of them did uh, Friday or Saturday night and you know, keeping up with that. And, yeah, I think we chat as, you know, as much as we can. We're all very busy throughout the season and, and traveling, but you know, I think we like to you know, keep, keep up, with it, up to date with what's going on and, and kind of keep pushing, uh, pushing each other to, to have a, a good season or continue a good season. Is there one of you that you all kind of rely on that you, you know, that, that when something's, you know, hey, I need to talk to somebody, I mean, do you just pick and choose from one another? I know brothers, there's a bond, certainly. Yeah. But but do you say, oh, man, it's time to go to Adam on this one or, yeah. you know, or, or, or whatever. I mean, you know, I'm just well, throwing if, it, if it's hockey school related, you probably go to Adam for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I actually have, a, like, a story, I guess. So my senior year of college, um, you know, we, I, I thought that I personally was, you know, playing as hard as I could and things just weren't going my way for whatever reason to start the season. I remember getting really upset and I know Dylan was in a little bit of a slump at the time. And so, uh, I remember calling him, he was in Montreal at the time and we talked on the phone. It was right after a game. So it was late at night for both of us, but I remember us talking for about an hour and just, like you said, it's a resource for me to call and just say like, Hey, how do I get out of this? Like how? How can we both kind of like work through what we're going like how you know what are guys like Henrik Zetterberg saying in the locker room like how how do you mentally get over you know slumps or things like when they're not going well how, how do you move past it and so I think yeah you, you do pay attention to how each other's doing because in situations like that it's it's nice to be able to draw parallels and see that other players go through it too and and it's great to have you know three other options and you know that you're very close to and say hey like how do we how do we work through this what's you know how can I get better from this? And as opposed to really, you know, getting too down on yourself. Now, Ryan, I mean, would you, uh, I mean, you're a goalie. Everyone thinks, uh, well, he's a little bit out there anyway. I mean, do you call Dylan and say, give me Jimmy Howard's number? Or, I mean, <laughs> or, or are you able to, do, can these guys relate to what you're going through? Because it's still a game. It's still a sport. You all play it regardless of position. Yeah, I think uh, we can all relate regardless of position. Uh, I know for me, it's always been nice uh, being the youngest. I kind of been able to follow in the footsteps of these guys. And, um, you know, being a goalie, the path is a little bit slower than maybe a player. So um, it's been nice to be able to call each and every one of these guys. And, you know, I'm going into my last year of college, so maybe a little advice about what the senior year was like for Adam or for Colin. So. Um, it's always been nice moving up the ranks and uh, being able to call these guys that have already been there for a year or two. When you, when you look at everything that, that, that is going on this year, what kind of advice can you really give people that are going through this? Because, it, you know, it, it seems to me, and covering athletes for longer than I care to admit right now, it really 
even though you're athletes and you play in front of people, it's very public. What you go through, everybody goes through. You know, I mean, everyone always says, well, what's it like, you know, to walk in the Red Wing room or, you know, go to, even to the Detroit Lions, you know, what, what, what's it like? And it's like, they're just people. You know, they really are. I mean, when it comes down to the end of the day, they're just like us. Every, you know, regardless of where they're at in their lives, every emotion that you feel, they feel. So, but is it difficult for you for to maybe try to convince people that you're not something that you're not you're just a person and hopefully that makes sense to you because you're you're also genuine you're all you know very open you give to the back of the community but there's probably people that he just idolize you to a point of where it's like hey you know not back off but you know try to give them a dose of reality that I'm just a person. Is that, hopefully that makes sense. I know it's kind of rambling, but if, if you get what I mean, because I, I get it not because of what I do, but because of what I do in life or what I've chosen to do, cover athletes for the most part in teams, is that people's expectations of how you should, should be are unreal because again, you're just human beings. I mean, it's, I, hopefully, I don't know, does that make yeah. sense to you guys? I mean. Yeah, I think I can. I can answer that. I mean, I think maybe if there is a, an instance where, you know, someone comes up to us and with out of this world expectations or, or they think we're maybe larger than life, I don't know if that's what you yeah, yeah, that's exactly by it. that. But I mean, I think we're all very, we're all very personable. Uh, and I mean, we all, we're all, the Larkins are known to be talkers. So I think once you start talking to us and within a minute you realize, you know, we're just normal, regular guys and we like to joke around and, and, and and just chat and then learn about how people are doing or learn about what people are up to. And uh, I think, I think, you know, after meeting us or realizing, you know, within a few minutes of, of meeting us that, you know, we're, we're just normal, regular guys and, and we, uh, we're, we're nothing crazy or special to compared to anyone else. But who is the craziest out of the four of you? But how, how, what do you mean by crazy? Just the, you know, the kind of the wild child of the group here. Uh, I don't know. I would say Adam. <laughs> really? Adam? I guess. We'll take it. I'll take it. I, I mean, like, like Colin said, like, we're all pretty... Colin. Yeah, I would definitely say Colin. Well, but we're all, like, again, like, I would like to think that we're all pretty down-to-earth people, so I don't know. It's, yeah. hard, to, it's well, hard to pick a, a crazy one of the bunch. We all try to keep each other in line as much as we can. Yeah. But Lark the Shark is, is, is the crazy one. <laughs> he's a bull. Yeah, Ryan is definitely the calmest one. That's yeah. it. I mean, he did volunteer to stand in front of 100-mile pucks that are coming at him. So yeah. I mean, how crazy. I don't know. Like, uh, how crazy. sane can you Did do any of you try to talk about becoming a goalie or no? No, <laughs> or we, you want oh, someone to shoot on. We wanted someone to shoot on. The story of Ryan being a goalie was we were all older than him and Ryan couldn't really keep up with us. So. Instead of him slowing us down, we, we just threw him in net and shot pucks at him and balls at him or in the street. And uh, he, he started taking a liking to it, and he was a really good goalie, and he, he stuck with it. And now, yeah, now so instead of, uh, instead of convincing me not to be a goalie, they were actually the ones that made me a goalie. <laughs> <laughs> so, but did you have a choice, or did you know pretty much, boy, this is, it's not, once you got into the net, you knew it wasn't going to change. Yeah, I mean, everyone has a choice, but I I mean, my dad always wanted me to be a goalie, and he played goalie for a couple years growing up, so uh, I don't know, it just seemed like a good fit, and uh, I enjoyed it, and I guess call me crazy for enjoying it, but uh, <laughs> no, it was a good time, so decided to keep, stick with it. So, 
you all seem bonded. This is a real personal question, but you know, eventually somewhere down the line, you're gonna have families and all this kind of stuff. And I go back to, it's a very old movie that you probably didn't see, it's a movie in Diner, uh, called Diner, that before a guy got married, his betrothed, his wife-to-be, had to answer questions about the Baltimore Colts, I think it was, and when she got a couple questions wrong, they asked him how it went, and he goes, the marriage is off, you know, because she didn't get it. I mean, now, when this little core group of four starts to expand, shall we say, I mean, will they, whomever it is, have to go through a gauntlet of the approval of the other three, shall I say? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think uh, we probably all are, are pretty laid back about most things, and I think uh, you probably think teach their own, and we would just trust that everyone uh, here would make makes the right decisions in, in that regard. We've never been asked that question, I don't think. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm trying to get into <laughs> stuff that you haven't been asked before. Yeah, we reverse yeah. asked everything. But, but no, I think we're all super laid back, and uh, we all we're all great decision makers. So, uh, so I you think, would trust one another. Yeah, them. yeah. I don't think there'd be too much. I think that just the the gauntlet for them would be in being able to be around us. So I think we would be family holidays here. trying to survive. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, our dad's uh, <laughs> loud, you know, talking stories, stories over and yeah. over again. Yeah, if they can survive that, <laughs> they're probably a fit. Really? Now, are, so you consider that yourself all have the gift of gab, and you're all pretty good storytellers? No. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> I think we Thomas might say says no. yes. Dylan says no. We might say no, or but I think other people would probably test that. We get it from you know the family, the Larkins are all storytellers and we have very uh they're usually Irish long yeah we have Irish yeah we usually find a way to make them long <laughs> Irish roots uh stories and laughing so that carries on for hours so one final question that I want to ask the four of you is that and this is going to be kind of corny so but it is going to be the fourth of July and you know we're we're all Americans in this room doing this today uh, the, the holidays, special celebrations, is there anything that, you know, does, uh, you know, Dylan make the potato salad, you know, Colin, are you just, you're just grilling, Ryan, you just do your own thing because you're a goalie, uh, you know, Adam, you kind of coordinate, you make sure that everybody is responsible for bringing something, I mean, how, how do the holidays play themselves out? Um, Usually we just show up and our parents have that taken care of. <laughs> we have great mothers and they're always on top of, of yeah. all that. I, so yeah, generally we just show up. I think, uh, I guess my job would make sure we, we have beer. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't know what, what Ryan, Ryan would. And just but, try to show up on time for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so. I would say you don't want to touch uh, my dad or Uncle Paul's uh, grill. Yeah, let yeah. him do the grilling. He's That's my grill. dad, so he uh, takes a lot of pride in that. So, uh, which is fine with me. That means I can just sit out on the Fourth of July, take in some sun, and let him grill up the burgers and dogs for us. But for, for any holiday, I will say, you know, it is fun for all of us to get together and you know the, the crew, and especially Christmas time, we all come back home, uh, you know, from all the different places we are around the season. Christmas is always a great time for us to get together. I'm going to ask the, each of you because you're brothers. Now, Colin, what's one thing about Dylan that really gets on your nerves? Oh, uh, well, he, he always, he's kind of always trying to keep me quiet or, I'll say, 
no, don't say that. Because, oh. you know, <laughs> and he does it to me and my, he does it to me and my dad because, you know, I think he gets, you know, maybe we talk or say a little bit too much, so. He hasn't given me any in this interview, uh, any of the looks or the, yeah, the quiet, but so I, so I think I did an all right job. Really? <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, then, do you want to respond to that? And what's one thing about Colin that you, you know, they, they kind of, I, I guess probably, maybe he's already said it. It's probably the opposite, right? Yeah. <laughs> ah, I, I don't do that. Come on. It, once it, this summer I did it. Really? It's like he's still on you. <laughs> My dad probably wants a sitting with him. I did that to him, but he's not there yet. Uh, no, for, I don't know. I mean, you know, Colin, uh, he's my big brother, and yeah, he has his little thing. Sometimes when he's tired, he's, you know, loud chewing, and, you know, especially when we're in the car, and, uh, but. Nah, I, he's my big bro, and I love him. I love all these guys, so I, I don't think if... Uh, the, I, I guess I'll go the other way. The best thing is if there's something that we don't like, we tell each other. And, right. You know, we used to fight about it, but now we don't We don't fight about it, and yeah. then we just move on, and, and uh, you know, it is what it is. Right, certainly. Now, Ryan, I, I, I guess with Adam, I mean, is there just something that the... <laughs> <laughs> that, that I don't really... know. <laughs> I, I, I probably know the answer to this, but go ahead. Uh, well, I think, uh, I mean, like like Dylan said earlier, I think I'm the calmest uh, and maybe the most relaxed. And I think Adam's always been the organizer and the planner. So he's always up doing stuff and might be asking me to do too much at one point. When I just want to sit on the couch and relax. But now he's always uh, organizing and always seems to be super busy. And it makes me anxious because I feel like I'm not doing a whole lot. So, um, but no, I mean, that doesn't bother me too much. We, I think we cancel each other out pretty good where he might be doing a little too much at times, and I might be doing a little too little at times. So he gets me moving, and I get him to relax a little bit. So, I, I mean, I don't want to. Maybe this is too harsh a word. Is is Adam? Is is, is Ryan's inactivity? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> does that really get to you? Uh, I mean, at times, I, I would say I enjoy being busy. Like I, I, you know. There are only certain times where I like to lay around on the couch. I'd rather spend my waking hours by keeping busy and doing things. So, um, yeah, it's nice to get a hand every now and then, but I, I would say sometimes there are things where I'd just rather do them on my own. So, uh, you know, it's nice for Ryan to help out every now and then, but I think he knows sometimes to just let me be and do things the way that I want them. Well, uh, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, first of all, happy 4th of July, because this will be played in yeah. about a week. and. Uh, uh, and, you know, uh, again, just on behalf of the, like the whole Southeast Michigan community, what you guys do, what your family does, how you do give back. Uh, again, I, I don't want to belabor the point, but you don't have to do it, and you do it. And each and every year, I see this hockey school. I told Dylan earlier today that it could go the whole summer if you guys wanted it to. I mean, I, I, I think that there's that kind of interest. But uh, on behalf of everybody, you're good sports, you're good people. You know, your, your families are great. Uh, thank you for doing this. Thank you for sitting down. Uh, you did it last year. We did all four of you t this year. It's going to happen. This is an annual event now. <laughs> so, uh, so get used to it. But thank you very much, Dylan, Colin, Ryan, and the 
brains of the outfit ahead of yeah. her. Uh, thank you very much, guys. Uh, really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank appreciate you. it. There you have it. I'd like to thank Colin, Adam, Dylan, and Ryan Larkin for joining us here on the Red and White Authority podcast. And I'd like to wish each and every one of you a happy 4th of July. Have a great time during this long weekend if you're an American. And to our Canadian audience, and I know there's many of you out there, a belated happy Canada Day. Until we meet again, have a safe and pleasant one, everyone. This is the Red and White Authority.